You got the Himalaya app, right? Of course. You just downloaded it. Just downloaded it just now. Why should everyone have the Himalaya app? Because that's the first place you can get the No Chill podcast. Exclusively on Himalaya. You get it a day early. It's a brand new podcast app. You can find every single podcast you love and future favorites. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has your back. You can discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters, like us, Mm -hmm. some love with Himalaya's tip jar. It's free, it's the easiest to use, and they're adding cool new features every single day. So go to the App Store, just like you did. Just like I did. Download Himalaya. If if you need some help, it's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A. And don't forget to follow the No Chill Podcast when you're there. Only follow oh. the No Chill <laughs> Podcast. First, first follow. We, we, don't, we don't care about everybody else. <laughs> On this episode of the No Chill Podcast, skill development specialist Olin Simplis comes through to give us a look at what has become a must for players to keep their edge. Having a skills coach in your camp is the way players are able to evaluate their games and build on their arsenal. Working with players such as Spencer Dinwiddie, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Bismack Biombo, Olin has made a name for himself, connecting with guys ranging in their skill sets, but all who share a rare desire and drive. Just like a boxer has with their trainer in their corner, guys like Olin wear numerous hats from mentor, psychologist, family member, and bad cop. The proof of the progress is what we see in the on-court results. For Olin, it all comes down to connection. Once that's in place, his message can get across and the real work can take place. As Gilbert agrees, it's so important for a player to always remain confident and know how to get to their comfort zone at all times. You'll find out from both Agent Zero and Olin exactly how that happens. It's the No Chill Podcast. Once again, we dive in on the important details of the best sport on the planet. Thank you, as always, for your support. Remember, you can get every episode early exclusively on the Himalaya app. We'll be coming back with more episodes delivered wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the No Chill channel on YouTube. All right, Gil, so today we are joined by the one and only. The one and only. only. Uh, An A-plus trainer in the basketball world. Came to L.A. by way of Belize. Yep. Yep, age five. mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, your specialty is molding young talent and getting them, like getting the most out of them. Right. That's what thrills me the most. Yep. Anyone can get a Maybach and wash it and make it look good. <laughs> you give me the person that's you know need to be molded. That that drives me. Mm-hmm. But Gil, you know, training, you know, it's a process. It's not that every player is going to react the same way, and they're not all going to take the same lesson and the same teaching and run with it. Everyone's a different pupil. Yeah, I mean, to be a smart trainer, um, you have to understand different personalities. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, you know, some guys you can ride and, you know, that 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 drives them. Some guys you got a baby. You know, you know, as a trainer, it's, it's just your job. It's same thing as a coach. It's your job to try to get the best out of that individual. Maximize you your know? time. And really, it comes down to connection. Right. So it's, if they're not getting through your message isn't getting through, how are you going to get through to them? It's a personal connection. So right. also, would you describe them as a client? Like they are, but that sounds like it's a business transaction. Right. No, that's the crazy part. Like a lot of my guys I rock with because we form this family type environment. So most of the kids I train is nephews pretty much. 
Yeah. We just build that bond and that, that level of trust and respect. That's the only way I think it'll work anyway. If they don't trust you and they don't believe in you as a person first and foremost, and I don't believe them in the person first and foremost, I don't think that connection will mesh. If I just look at them as a client, as a dollar bill, how does that work? You know, you have to understand I really have your back regardless if you put money in my bank account or not. How long have you been doing this for? Oh, geez, 20 plus. Oof. OG. Yeah, yeah 20 plus. <laughs> I mean, that says a lot. You know, 20 plus, that means, you know, that what he does has been translating, you know, and, and, and getting players better. You know, that's just the, the, the biggest thing. It's like, if you're going to work me out, you know, I want to see the result. I want to be challenged. I want to see, you know, myself getting better. You know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. So to keep coming back means they feel they're getting better. But for you, actually, so let's say you came from Belize and you're in L.A. Mm -hmm. and you had to establish yourself in the L.A. The mm -hmm. Hooper scene. Um, so 20 years ago, it was guys like Trevor Ariza. And well, I was privileged enough to work for a program called Hoop Masters. Mm -hmm. um, how that came about, I was actually preparing myself to go play for the national team in Belize. And I was at this gym in Westwood working myself out, you know, just getting ready. And I got kicked off the court by this program. Like, yo, we rented the court. We have it from this time. So as I was... We talked about stretching earlier. I actually stretched this time. So I was stretching, <laughs> taking care of my body. They started playing. And it was a small team. I saw a bigger team walk in. So I got intrigued. Like, okay, how's this going to work out? So as the game went on, the smaller team was beating up on the big team. They had this little peanut head guard that was fierce, was really good. And um, be beginning the second half, guy elbows him, one of the older kids. That was it. He lost his composure. He lost his cool. So it was reminiscent of me. It was a time I lost my cool. I walked off the bench in the biggest game of my life. Needless to say, people turned their back. So it brought me back home. So I stayed and watched the rest of the game. Went to the water fountain. I walked by him. Happened to be Gabe Pruitt. And I told him, don't ever let anyone take this from you. Once they take this, they're controlling you. They own you. The coach saw me. Happened to be John Fisher. He said, hey, what did you tell him? I said, don't ever let anyone take this. I saw the difference in his game first half, and after he got hit, he asked me to come down that night. Can I talk to his kids? Because he knew of me. I played locally. Um, he knew my story. So it would be awesome to have you if you're not afraid to share it. So I ended up getting a team with Gary Pruitt, Trevor Reese, and this other kid that went to Fairfax, like sixth grade, and then I just stayed with him through high school and through their uh, freshman year in college. Cool. Then I went away to college to play a little bit in South America, so we lost contact. And when I got back, they were league guys and – you know how that goes. <laughs> and obviously people know uh, Trevor, but Gil, you know Gabe. For the people that don't know Gabe Pruitt's story, what kind of player was he? <laughs> but he was, uh, you know, I know Gabe personally because of Nick Young. You know, they right. were teammates. Mm -hmm. right. So, you know, when we got, you know, Nick, you know, Gabe. Um, he played, I know he played for Boston. He didn't really get as much mm -hmm. time. You know, he was one of those young guys, you know. At that point in my career, I'm not paying attention to the young guys. Right. You know, I'm trying to, you know, Rondo's there, you know, whoever. I'm just trying to destroy anybody's on the court. So I didn't really get to play against Gabe. You know, uh, he was probably a more of a, if I can remember, more of a shooting. Like he was more of a scoring guard than he was a pure point, kind of athletic, right? Um, I wouldn't say that. It's funny because when I wanted to interject when you said attack, that's the difference between, I think, Gabe, you, Nick Young, and others. And I think that's the reason he didn't stick. Mm -hmm. Gabe played the game the right way. And so if he wasn't given long minutes, he wouldn't, you know, be able to mm -hmm. enforce his will on the game. He's one of them game, high IQ, cerebral type guy. 
you can come and play high IQ cerebral, but you also got that, I'm going to put the ball in the hole. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting five minutes, 20 minutes, you're going to be effective. It's funny. He reminds me of Spencer, which is, I, I you was know, just gonna, him and Spencer yeah. were the same. And if you notice when Spencer doesn't get minutes, you won't know he jumps out at you because he let the game come to him. Now he's considered a scoring guard because he's putting the ball in the hole. He let the game come to him, and then he picks a spot. Game was a, Gabe was the same way. And unfortunately, you know how the league is. If you don't produce, you know. Right, so, so Gabe's era, he, it didn't work out for him because he didn't know to how he, – he didn't get to a point where he could identify himself. Yeah, he didn't get the opportunity. Look at Chauncey Billups. Yeah, Look him like, how many teams that take Chauncey? Yeah, you know, so funny, and that's – and that's, that actually happens to a lot of players that, you know, some players, because they play a certain style, let me feel, you know, it's like one of those, let me feel the first two rounds right. and then attack. Right. Well, if you're playing in the NBA and you get six minutes, seven minutes right. here, and you're out there trying to feel the game, see who's hot, you know, right. he just hit two shots, he got three fouls, right. and you're you're really dictating. If you don't have Jason Kidd's minutes right. or, you know, Allen Iverson minutes – your game does not translate well, numbers-wise. So, yeah, you might have a plus seven, but you still have zero, one assist. You know, so it's like, "Ah, I don't really know if we can, you know, we we need to put somebody else in. Because you got to remember, before that, there was really no plus-minus going on as it is now back then. So, you know, when you got in and you really, he's gotten off. I'm the one who's helping him get off, but I didn't get off. It kind of looks bad on me. So... Those type of players really got hurt, you know, with four or five minutes. With me, it's like I got four minutes. I'm shooting ten times, right. <laughs> you know. You know what I mean? And that was your mindset. Not everybody, like a guy that's going to make the right basketball play, doesn't really look at it that way. You did, yeah, so yeah. I mean, the exception, but a great basketball. You kind of have to do that. That's a great bat. Like even even look at LeBron. If you took LeBron's first six minutes and judged him off of that, you'd be like, oh, right. He's the king. Because he's filling the game out for the most part, seeing what everyone's doing, what everyone's capable of, and then he takes his will on the game. You know, there's, you know, there's Melo is a fast starter. You know, you have, you know, Clay, all those guys are, you know, you have your fast starters who just trying to, they're trying to kill you off the jump. Right. Then you have some guys who just let the game come to them. And, you know, as much as we say we want a pure PG, that's not the case. If you look at all the PGs in the league, they score the ball. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot, a lot of these teams, like the wing type, Draymond Green leads a team in assists, you know, and we still call uh, Steph the PG, mm-hmm. the facilitator, or, you know, Russ, he goes, he go get it. You know, D'Angelo Russell is having a breakout here because he's putting the ball in the hole. Mm-hmm. Although I thought he had a good rookie year in L.A. I don't consider the Kobe tour's rookie year. The following year was actually his rookie year, mm-hmm. and I think he averaged 15 and 7, mm-hmm. and we got rid of him. You know, 15, 7, first time, man in the position. So Lonzo Ball, who I think is a really good point, young point guard, I mean, his shot mechanics can change, but he had a really good rookie year statistically. We're looking to push him off after his second year and score the ball. So I think that's where the league is. Like, the guards got to put the ball in the hole, you know, and if that's not your mindset, unfortunately, you're not going to get the minutes. And like he said, plus minus, because I go and I look at all that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not an analytics type guy. I'm a feel. Let's go hoop. I can mm-hmm. see where you need to work at and, and let's work on it. But if they go plus minus, you'll see games where the leading score is negative 18. <laughs> So that plus minus don't mean shit to me. Yeah, yeah, mean yeah. anything to me, right? Yeah, yeah. It's no chill. You can okay. You can drop no, what's so funny is I did a study. I did a. St- I don't know why I did the study, but I did a random study mm-hmm. on point guards winning championships. Right. Right. So I went back all the way and stopped that magic because I think Magic Johnson 
confused. I think it confused what we thought a point guard was. Mm-hmm. So point guard, I mean, Magic was a small forward slash point. Mm-hmm. Like he had Norm Nixon, mm-hmm. who was the point guard, who averaged eight, nine assists also. Mm-hmm. And once they felt that, okay, Magic averages eight, Norm averages nine. Magic averages 10, Norm averages nine. Well, if we get the ball to Magic more, Let's get rid of Norm and bring in just a scoring guard. Mm-hmm. The scoring guard sticks the point. Magic plays the point. Right. You know? So we had this ideal of this pure point guard mentality of what Magic was. And I think it just shifted on what we thought, what, what right. they thought they needed. Right. So I looked at all the point guards who won championships in the last 29 championships. From the point guard, they averaged 4.3 assists for that season. Hmm. They were just guards. It wasn't the, like, you know. Ex- you, exclude magic is what you're saying. Huh? Exclude magic. If you take, ma- right. if you go before right. magic, because magic right. wouldn't be in the 29 years. Right. Everybody else, it's 4.3. That's crazy. Because you got to remember, you're going to have Derek Fisher's in there. You're going to have Kenny, uh, Kenny uh, Smith. He didn't even lead his team in assists. What did Chauncey average? Chauncey averaged five. Really? Yeah. Wow. Rondo, when he wanted, averaged five. That's it? Yeah. Because he wasn't Rondo at the, remember, he wasn't the Rondo yet. Right, right. Rondo came, that Rondo right. we know came a year after when everyone got hurt. And then him and um, Derrick Rose had the big battle. Tony Parker, five, five and a half. Hmm. Um, Jason Williams in Miami, five. Um, the two pure point guards, if we want to call them pure, was Jason Kidd. At seven point, I think he had the highest at eight point two. And that was later in his career. Later in his yeah. career, and that's when Barrera and them was mm-hmm. taking over yeah, the fourth yeah. quarter. And then um, the Amaral, um, Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson. Well, I would say there's one guy who. Those are the only two pure point oh, guards. Really? When you call them pass first points, right. those are the mm-hmm. only two that won championship with the highest. Everybody else is because I'd say since that Magic era. So this is eighty, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the best point guard by position was. Isaiah, who was also a scorer, right? Yeah. Like he would put his but, that, his... but he was the last one. He was the last say, guard. When you say this, he would facilitate and then fourth quarter, I'm going to take over. Yeah. Think, which is what you both. want guys to do. But he did both. Do. But that's yeah. what I said. He wasn't, he doesn't fit, he doesn't come into mm-hmm. the last 29 years. He's out of it. <laughs> well, so Magic would have. Both of, both of them yeah, are out. Of them out right? And that's what I said, for when you're going out, I'm telling, that's what I said. You got Derek, remember Derek Fisher won five. Right. You got uh, Mario Chalmers with two. You got Tony mm-hmm. Parker with five. So you got uh, <laughs> yeah, you, like the Bulls. So you got all the. That's what I'm saying. That went through Jordan. But, yeah, you got the, the you got the jo- all of Jordans. Mm-hmm. You know, you got uh, Ron Harper with two and one, and right. you know, you got all these guys, and that's what the that point guard position was doing because the theory is if your point guard is as great as he's supposed to be that means he's getting everyone better if he's giving getting everyone better that means they're not that actual they're not, they're not actually that good right because if you're making him look good, I that always, means he's not that good right that's and, totally a different topic but i'm always <laughs> yeah, saying yeah, yeah, yeah. if i got to get you better yeah. like if i'm playing next to him i know i'm going to get open shots i better make them cuz yeah, yeah, the yeah. defense is key into <laughs> Whether he passed me the ball or not, he's helping me get better just by being on the floor with me. So all this pass and assist, this, yeah. this, but, oh, he don't get enough assists. He's not making his guys better. Shit, he's getting doubled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm having more open looks than I ever <laughs> have because I'm on shots. the team with him. I'm better just by being on the team with him. So, But no, know. it was, it was kind of like, it's like, but that's why when they're judging guards, they judge it off the wrong thing. Right. 
You know, they're like, if you're a pure point guard and you're not averaging 10 assists, you're not doing your job. Right. Like, no, I'm, right. I'm, I'm doing what I do, trust right. me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not translating to what you're looking right. for, but I'm... Right. And then even with them low numbers, it goes, it, 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 it goes to what you say. I could pass the ball a whole bunch of times if guys don't hit shots. <laughs> yeah. That don't exactly. mean I'm not doing my job. That's the, I think that's, I call that the, the, the Zoe, the Lonzo mm-hmm. theory. Right. Like, you know, for a guy who passes damn near 100 times a game and only has seven assists, like people are like, seven assists, that's amazing. Well, it's not right. amazing for the times he, pa- like he passes it more than probably anybody in history right. per game. But because the guys he has right. are not, pure shooters it doesn't translate well <laughs> you know that's, that's a tough just... thing for a point guard because it's frustrating like i made this play i created something for you to give you the perfect look and you missed it all right but the but to kind of piggyback on what he's saying as well and i, I could not you can step in and if i'm not saying it correctly as a point guard i think paint touches are more important to me than the actual pass because if i get in the paint i'm drawing the double and i'm cr- actually creating right. an opportunity mm-hmm. if i'm a guy that's just initiating and throwing a skip, am I really creating an opportunity mm-hmm. if they don't make shots? My point guard need to touch the paint. Mm-hmm. Now, whether I get 5, 10, 15 assists, the, me touching the paint creating opportunities and creating easy opportunities mm-hmm. for guys. So a lot of Zoes and other guys pass, oh, he throws it up mm-hmm. early or he makes the skip. Is that creating an opportunity? Yeah, that's, that's that, the knock on it. Yeah, yeah. It's, he's like, he no, hot, but that's he not hot the, potatoes. But that's what's, that was my knock on him, that he's a hot potato. Like, mm-hmm. you know, for a guy who makes 100 passes, you're you, it doesn't... Your passing is not actually helping these guys actually make buckets because you're not creating them. You're just right. passing it to the left, passing it to the right. right doing, you're not like if James Harden and Westbrook are considered selfish point guards, point guards, mm-hmm. and they're averaging 11, 12 assists. I mean, it should say something about you. Pink what touch. are they doing that you're not doing? Pink touching. So they're making easy opportunities yeah. for guys. And I think for those two. Guys in particular, they realize if I attack the basket, good things will happen. I'm sure the coaches in there about that too. Whereas, like, you're going to get fouled, double, uh, double hits you, you're going to draw, draw that double and kick it out, or you get a layup or a dunk. I mean, the theory is easy. If your coach says stop the ball, the ball is the most important thing on the court, then drive until they stop mm-hmm. it. If you have, if I'm driving to the paint. You have to stop me. Okay, there we go. There we go. There we go. But you know, we talked the other episode with uh, with Kevin about complete players, and of the era where guys like I, I, the guy just jumped into my mind was Penny. So the mm. inside outside game, where what did he do? He could break down a defense. He would attack. Obviously, he could throw a lob to Shaq, but he could kick it out to Nick Anderson and Dennis Scott, and that team was built around that. Yeah, off of Penny's playmaking. Like I hate like me, me guarding a point guard that really really was so effective at the paint mm-hmm. but wasn't a paint guy right. was Steve Nash. Right. I mean mm-hmm. he like I hated guarding him because he's pick and rolling, he's coming and coming and mm-hmm. coming and coming. Like he was in the paint more than I was, and I was, you know, getting 10, 15 free throws. And he just, that was his game. Like, I'm coming in the paint. Stop me. But his, his specialty was to probe. Like, he went into the paint. But that's and a, and and that, but that's a problem. Got to remember, right. he's in the danger zone. You, you got to stop him once he gets in the danger zone. Another one was Tony Parker. Tony Parker. Mm-hmm. I think he, let, he was always like top three, four for scoring <laughs> in the paint. Not yeah. for guard, for NBA. Period. Bigs, wings. You know, he lived in the paint. And that's crazy. Like, he, right. <laughs> that's when you think about it. Like, think about... 
our era. You're talking about Shaq, Kobe. Crazy. You know, and he's top three in points in the paint, and that's all Shaq's buckets mm-hmm. in the paint. I mean, his teammate, Tim Duncan. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, power forwards and centers galore when he played. Lived in the paint. I want to get back to Spencer's story because that is a really difficult thing where we were just talking about Gabe, where mm-hmm. he didn't make a name for himself enough in the sense of he can score. We knew he could, but, you know, coaches mm-hmm. got to see that productivity. But Spencer's days from – so his story, he went from Colorado to Detroit was his first stop, right. then down to the G League. Right. So what? at what point were you working with him? I've had Spencer since he was 11. Okay. Yeah, he's from from 11 years on. Like, we've never failed. So when he got to Colorado, he was on, you know, once again, I said earlier, I'm not a big draft board guy, but just to tell you how well he was playing in Colorado, he was projected lottery pick. He tore his ACL in January. He said, man, I'm still coming out. He didn't play till the following January. They still drafted him with no workouts. Um, January came. He actually played really well. Like, people forget he played really well the second half of his rookie year. He was, like, actually pushing Reggie Jackson for starter minutes. Um, what occurred was, if I recall right, um, he didn't play that well the first couple games in summer league, obviously, because once again, it goes back to being a pass first type guy. So if I'm doing a pick and roll with just a summer league guy, that's not like running a pick and roll with Andre Drummond. Yeah, and I'm yeah. throwing the lob. I don't expect an Andre Drummond to roll. He's still making the right plays, but you got one or two guys that's actually going to play on the team. So I think his turnovers were kind of high, if I recall right. So then game three, they put Stanley at the one. That's the year they drafted Stanley. Mm-hmm. So you got... They got Reggie Jackson coming back. You have Brandon Jennings on injured reserve the year before. Then they signed Steve Blake. So now you come in with two, three guards. Mm-hmm. That, you know, But he had a really successful rookie year. He was actually up there in numbers with rookie. Then you know he was, came into camp fourth guard. Um, really didn't have a shot in and out of the G League a little bit. We, we dedicated one summer really working. And he's always dedicated himself, never lost confidence. He's one of the most disciplined guys. I know how he eats, how he takes care of his body and everything. Had a really good year last year, right? He was runner-up for most improved. Should have been most improved. Mm-hmm. Um, Oladipo was number, what, two, three pick? I don't think yeah, a lot yeah. of you guys should be in for yeah, most yeah, improved. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. right? Um, and now this year he's having another phenomenal year. So, I mean, it's, and he's 25. So, you know, he's still a young kid. Absolutely, he, and you t- and you had been working with him since eleven. So right. you get to that point where he's ups and downs, and he's the, at the moment in the summer league. And what is that conversation like, where you evaluate who he is as a player and recognize right. this is what you have to adjust? To it goes make back it to league. our first topic, right? Training, knowing the guy, knowing what buttons to push. Like, there's moments where I know he probably don't want to hear me because his dad's very supportive. So you know he's getting feedback from his dad, agents are probably getting feedback. So the conversation is very based on his energy. And that's where it comes in knowing the person, right? Mm-hmm. So there's some conversation where I'm just supportive, man. Keep your head up. There's some conversation where we're doing like mental training, like trying to up his energy and, you know, oh, G League, be a killer. Go back to what we're talking about, Gill's mentality. Hell with passing the ball. <laughs> downhill, <laughs> yeah, yeah. downhill, yeah. downhill. You know, show him what you can do, right? And so conversation shifted just based on his energy and me knowing who he is, you know, as a kid and as a person, maybe what he went through that day, the day before. Um, but not a conversation varied from just being supportive to, hey, man, let's kill today. Like, don't even pass the ball. Like, you know, let's get 20 shots up. <laughs> you shouldn't be in the G League. Yeah, it's that like, mindset is like, oh, I'm just going to get right Like, what's so funny is <laughs> the his summer league, the second summer league, that, that I understand that, that who you're playing within the season, making those plays right. versus someone who's not making the team. Right. So 
I remember, you know, doing pick and roll with Antoine and throwing it back right. to Antoine and, you know, Antoine hitting that three versus me doing the pick and roll and throwing it back and it's getting stolen. Right. Because he don't know what position he actually plays. Right. And I remember coming to the right. bench, I got like five turnovers. Right. Coach subs me out. Right. And I'm like, he's like, you, you, you ain't taking care of the ball. I said, all right, you know what, fuck this. He ain't making a team any goddamn way. <laughs> right. I'm done passing. Right. Jason, Troy, Dunleavy, get in where you fit in. Right. We shooting while we pass. Why are we passing it to these people right. who ain't making this team? Exactly. Like, I, like I, I got six right. turnovers. Like, I see Lamar Odom right. over there. They having a good ass time. Right. That should be us, too. Because right. we was at the pyramid. Right. And you know, that's when, you know, uh, the Clipper team was like, the team, right? Right, and I'm like, yo, we need to. That's right. how we should be rocking. Fuck right. all these plays, bro. <laughs> sure enough, we start. Right. <laughs> we start passing it to everybody. But go back to your mentality. Like, what did you average in high school? Your stories, I wouldn't say similar to mine's, but you start like not start late, but you blew up against Crenshaw, kind of. If I recall right, like towards yeah, the yeah, when people, year, yeah, yeah, my junior year, when same people, thing. Yeah. I gave Crenshaw like 35, 36 yeah, yeah. Then yeah. in my junior year, and the league was crazy, but then stuff happened. But you always put the ball in the hole. Mm-hmm. See, so that's not a hard switch. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Spencer averaged nine points in high school. Huh. Nine, ten was still was, but he averaged 10, Just 11 assists, assists. Yeah, yeah. you know, paint. But he had games, but mm-hmm. in college, he averaged more points in college than high school. Like his coaches would call me like, yo, we need him to be more aggressive. We need him to be more aggressive. They'd be mad when he don't shoot the ball. Yeah. So when you don't have that, because he has an offensive skill set, like it's there, but I'm going to get guys. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to get guys. I'm going to feel it. That switch takes time. And now I think in hindsight, it's kind of a blessing he had to taste the G League because he had to fight yeah, for his life. Exactly. And fighting for his life was putting the ball in the hole, playing differently every play. So now when he's in Brooklyn, there's shots he's taking. I'm like, you worked on that, but go ahead, yeah, keep go shooting that. I'm like, did you do a step back 30? Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It's crazy. Like, he would have never done stuff like that, but it's in his game. He got so much more in his game, but go back to what you're saying. You can switch it like that. Like, uh, okay, I'm going to go for mine. You built that way. You know, it's so, it's, it's so hard because it's like you're taught to play the right way. Right. You know, you're taught to be dominant. Right. And now it's getting on the court and trying to figure out which one – Right. Do you do at what time? Right. But if you don't have a coach in your corner, that's hard to, as yeah. a player, how, how do you, like, wait, one minute you're telling me to make the right basketball play, the other you're telling me to take over. Here's what I've learned in my playing. And I once again, I didn't play as long as I had a kid at 20, 21, I had to make a decision. But one thing I always told myself is, you're not going to sub me out for the shit I'm trying to do for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to sub me out for the mistakes I'm personally making. Because you know what I mean? Like, if a coach is telling me to do this and he's made me confused, you're going to sub me out anyway if I don't execute what I'm trying to do for you. I put the ball on and do things. You're going to sell me out for the mistakes I make. So I'm going to just do me. Mm-hmm. and Because you're going to sell me anyway. Right. I have a better chance to stay on the court doing me than doing you. And that's where coaches mess with players. Like, oh, you're, you're doing a good job. Okay, why are you selling me out? Like, you know, it's funny. Me and David Greenwood. Me and David Greenwood. David Greenwood coached my national team. And that's when I first tore my meniscus. It was the second, second gold tournament. Like, we won gold in the Caribbean games and we advanced. And I tore my meniscus first game, but I kept doing what I do, and he was like, man, and it wasn't execute. Sub me out, sub me out. We're playing Jamaica with Ramil Robinson and, and guys, and they had a really good team at the time. So we're down three with like a minute and a half left. I'm doing me. I hit the shot. He came to me after the game like, you're the most like mentally strong kid I've ever, because I'm on your head, subbing you out. Just saying, you hit the big shot when you need it. I said, and he asked me, hi. I said, you're going to sub me out anyway. So you're going to sub me out. I'm going to sub a bench to him. I, I try to do what I do. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Because then I know how to play the game. 
he know how to play the game. So I'm not going to ever do something that's detrimental to the team because I know my skill set helps the team. So I'm, if I'm going to get subbed out, I'm going to get subbed out doing shit that I know I can do. Yeah, I had that feeling when I was in um, – it was the first time I was questioning my game. I was in Orlando. So when I got there, you know, I'm all like, new start, right. let's go. Right. You know, we lost the very first game when we all got traded. And then from there, we went on a nine. We, we were just smacking, smacking right. everybody. And then all of a sudden, I just see my time being played with. You know, so mm-hmm. we played Cleveland. I had 24, nine assists. And then the very, night, the very next night, I had like 16 points in six, 16 minutes. You know, just going, right. okay. Then we come back home. Go in, get sub. Three minutes, hit two shots, sub. Right. Like so, I'm sitting here at one point, like, all right, damn, okay, let me let me figure out what's going on. I'm trying to figure out like what right. what Stan likes, what he doesn't like, you know. Then I start realizing, yo, I hit three shots, he subs me out. I make two turnovers, he subs me out. If I don't shoot at all, I stay in. Crazy. So now I'm sitting here like, okay, he just right. this is what he wants, right. and like, you know, so like no stats. Right. I play 20 minutes. You know, I, I I go five for five, I'm sitting on the bench. Crazy. You know, so I remember, like, we'll play games and say, like, Jason Richardson out. <laughs> I'm talking. <laughs> oh, I'm talking shit. Hmm. Yeah, god damn it. Hmm. About to hit 20 on these motherfuckers tonight because y'all can't sub me. Hmm. Y'all, can't, y'all right. can't afford to sub me. Y'all need me tonight. Right. Go out there, hit 20. Next night, don't play. Hmm. <laughs> but it was funny because everybody laughed. Everybody Everybody, when like JJ Reddick ain't playing, everybody's laughing because they already know how I'm coming in. Right. Yo, y'all know, <laughs> yo, y'all know. Like, as soon as I look at the board, yo, y'all already know. Bucket time, give me the ball it's and over. watch out because he, he had to play me, you know. And it was like one of those things where I'm sitting there at the end of the season, like, Jesus Christ, did I just, what the right. fuck was that? Right. <laughs> like, what crazy. the fuck was it was like a fucking mind game season. Yeah. Uh, Spencer did have Stan Van Gundy as well. <laughs> oh, he so did? The mind game. <laughs> he had a fucking mind Crazy. game. But wouldn't you say this? Is this a true statement? There are more bad coaches than good. Yes. Think of the youth I'm, level on yes, us. Yes. You know, I, I've only had, you know, I've had great, you know, I've had muscle men, you know, Eddie Jordan, you know, uh, Dave Cowens didn't really coach me. Brian Winters, um, you know, I had Ted. Um, Ted in Washington just for a little bit. You know, I had Flip for a little bit. Uh, the worst, I think, the worst. See, like, Stan was, he wasn't the worst coach. He was the worst people person. Like, his people skills was horrible. You know, it's like, and if he didn't like you personally, mm. you knew it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's like, your mistakes... He penalized for you. Like, like I remember Turkaluk. Turkaluk go out there, throw that, he'd throw that motherfucker in the stands, kick the ball. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> he wouldn't say shit he just, to Turk. He just like he just, Yeah, that was just his. Just, that's always that was just their his, favorites. You know, that right. was just his guy. Right. You know, it's just no matter what Turk did, you know, Turk proved his, you right. know, he proved himself to Stan. You right. know, so that was his guy. Other people, they, they, me, Ryan Anderson, all. Oh, yeah. He was well, going to motherfuck us to the... <laughs> you were blessed. You named yeah. some really good coaches, yeah. but sitting back... That's what I said. I was, ble- I was blessed to have good coaches. Say so you sitting back. You watch the game. You watch a lot of basketball. Like you, ha- I mean, you probably sit back questioning some of the stuff you see. You there, there's, some, there's some bad... You know, when it comes to bad... There's some coaches... Like, there's some theories 
that these coaches do, and I sit here and question, like, why? Right. Who taught you that as a coach? Did you right. just pick that up? You know, like, you know, there's just certain things that happen during games that just like, who's teaching you fuckers this? This right. is like, why would you take James Harden out the last two minutes? Right. If he average, if he can't be stopped, why would you take him out when the penalty is going on? Now you can't touch the man. Right. Why would you sub him out at the golden point of the game? That is the like you're taking out your most aggressive player at the worst time. Right. You know, the funny thing I'm thinking about that, like flash forwarding. You'll never hear an answer from a coach about that because what's going to happen in a press conference after the game, they're going to give you some canned response. We, I do what was best. Because he doesn't, because they don't know. It's just one of those things. Okay, so we're going to sub out, you know, at the two-minute mark, bring in a fresh yeah, and then put him back. We, 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 like, you go by, like, coaches, like, if you see him, they go by a fucking a script. little pimp script. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sub him. Like, no feel. F- what the fuck mm-hmm. are you guys that's doing? That's analytics getting in the way. Of- no, no, that's just. I'm not, it's, that's my sub pattern. I'm going to mm-hmm. stick to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, that's just what it is. Is. I'm gonna stick to it, and a lot of times there's no feel. Like, you know, I want to retract that. I want to go back a little bit to what you said. Now, you said certain coaches aren't people person, right? Would you consider that person a good coach? Then here's why I asked that question. Because we always tell guys, and even at the highest level, the game as you get older, the game slows down. Mm-hmm. Slows down because your mental aptitude for the game increases. So we're talking about he's not a people person. That means that's a coach that's not relating to players, and we're taking away the biggest part of the game, their mind, their confidence. Mm-hmm. So would you consider a coach that's not a people person, don't instill confidence? He could be the greatest X and O person ever, but if I'm taking away 90% of your game by messing with your head, and yes, killing I, your like as I said, I, I will say he. I will say as an X's O's guys, great. Like right. if you want to build, if you want a young team and you want to build your team, right. you start with him. Mm-hmm. If you want to win, <laughs> right. you need to replace him. He's a. Right. I, I call him a builder coach. Right. Like he can take a really bad young team, more like a college player. He's mm-hmm. a college coach. You can take these young guys and you build them because you can. You know, put discipline into them. Mm-hmm. Once you get in three, four, five into years into the league where they need to use their minds more, you're not that guy. Right. You know, because you're going to do more harm than good. Like you can, like I remember watching, you know, um, you know, Detroit last year. Like, okay, they're doing good. Okay. They lose one, they lose two. Oh, they all stand got to them. <laughs> now they don't even want to play anymore. Right. Because you, you, you were beat. like, when they were, when things were going well, you're like, wait for it. <laughs> Just wait for it. He, he's right. gonna fight, he's gonna fuck it up. But also, you know, you like, think of that is a tremendous skill as a coach. Like you said, it's perfect for the college level. You gotta have something else in your personality to handle pros because of egos and the way things work. Think of Bobby Knight. Right. Per, like his Co- thing would have never worked in, in the a NBA, pros. Ever. Right? His like, antics, like you can see you like out. Doc Rivers, um, you know, you got Steve Kerr's. Like, if if the other twenty nine teams or the other twenty eight teams watched Doc Rivers and Steve Kerr's practices, they would they would lose their shit, right? Because for the most part, they never practice. Mm. <laughs> they never. Them teams never practice. Those coaches, they played the game. They know how much important you know rest is and right. what these like. For the most part, Golden State has so much energy because they don't practice. They're not sitting there running line drills in the right. middle of the season. All right. like, they don't do that. That's right. not what. That's you run your team's legs, and you wonder why 
you know. Byron Scott. Yeah, yeah. Oh, y'all, he was the worst. Like, I never played for him. He right. was the worst. B. Scott. Because that came worst. from Riley. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that Pat Riley. Like, I heard Pat Riley wasn't even like that with the Lakers. Uh, they said Magic put a hold to that shit. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, no, you got to remember, he still did it. He probably didn't do it as long, but he did it in spurts. Remember yeah. Magic, Worthy, all them guys pull hamstrings <laughs> in, you know, championship runs, you know, towards the end. Um, I go. I even. I would even throw as far as a good coach, and I, not X and O's, but I think a good players coach is a Houston coach. Antonio. He let guys rock. Yeah. Mm. I don't think he's a good. I don't think it's good coach. coach. Yeah. But like everyone <laughs> that go play for him, they ball get ball. off because mm-hmm. he shoot the ball. So if I'm telling an NBA guy, first of all, that's top 450 in the world. Mm-hmm. We're talking top 450 guy in the world. I should be able to put the ball in the hole. So if I'm telling you, scope, then put the ball in the hole. So guys go to like, oh, all of a sudden he found his game. No, you got a coach done put the ball. Even at the NBA level, we got to instill confidence, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's I think coaches like that is where the game's going to go. I mean, X and O's at the end of the day. I even see Mike, we were talking about Duke earlier. Mike Krzyzewski, I think is starting I from coaching the dream team and mm-hmm. or he's doing that a little more. He let his guys go. Yeah, I don't see a lot that. of over coaching. Mm-hmm. Not defensively, they're on a string. Let's get after it. Offensively, you know, I didn't recruit J.J. Ready. You're a McDonald's All-American. You shooting a 40-footer? Shoot a 40-footer here. <laughs> that's what you do. Let's get it done. You know, so, I mean, I think that's the way the game is going. And if I think if you're a young up-and-coming coach, I think that's most important, you know, staying in tune with, with your players' confidence, their mindset um, more than anything else. I can draw up a play, but if he's not confident enough to shoot it, that play look good, but he's throwing up bricks, you know? It, it, that's, 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 that's all basketball is on the next level is confidence. Right. Like, you know, it's like you started from your trainer and hopefully your coach right. <laughs> gives you the same freedom, freedom as your trainer does. Right. You know, and that's the funny part because in the summer, like I've went against guys like, God, right. damn, he can, he can right. fucking hope. Right. And then you get him in the season and you ain't got to worry about it. Oh, right. he's on the leash. I ain't worried right. about him. Right. Like Flip Murray. Mm. Oh, boy. Flip Murray was a fucking beast. Like, he was hard to go. I remember that year. It was the year that Ray Allen, Ray Allen, and Lewis was out. Mm -hmm. He was averaging averaging 22 points and the only player in the league the first 20 games to score 20-plus. So he scored in 20 games, 20 points. He was 20 20 games of 20. Unstoppable. Like, you couldn't. He was just fucking hard to guard. He had, and then, he had it all. And then eventually, oh, he was back on the bench. Right. <laughs> Jordan Crawford's another kid like that. Yeah. Jordan Crawford put the ball in the hole. Yeah. He never just get the chance, though. But, Lou Williams. Like, these guys, like, there's a reason some guys are just hard. Like, you get they get with a, a coach that says, hey, do you? Right. And I was going to say that about Flip, where that was, Nate McMillan in Seattle? Uh-huh. Uh, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know the time you're talking about, but... Why wouldn't he go to another team? Because you're a pro, you're in control of your career in a sense. Because if your contract's up or free agent, you work with your agent and your coaches to put you in the better position. To say like, you know, I might for me, Phoenix would be the perfect situation. Why stay in Seattle if they were going to put you behind Ray and Richard? Because you don't know. To be honest, you don't know a, a, a player, a, a coach's coaching style until you get there. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Don Nelson is a great coach for players, right? I remember one year I'm on the phone with uh, Jamal Crawford. Right. He's thinking about retiring. Like he's like, yo, you know, they 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 basically he tells me not to shoot. Right. You know, he don't like my game. You know, he's saying that you know I'm gonna be out of the league soon. Right. Like yo, what 
the fuck? You just scored 50 right. last year on this team, you right. know, on this what's the name? I said, what are you talking about? I said, he's supposed to let you rock. He said, man, he don't like my game. Right. He's telling me, you know, they're going to buy me out and blah, blah, blah. I said, man, hey, listen, do you then. Right. If they're going to buy you out, <laughs> go out there and do you. <laughs> Two nights later, 50. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, to add to, add to, and to add to what you're asking to, a lot of times the, the league is a copycat league. And also you get a stigma. So it's like, say if you come in right away, you don't crack and you can hoop. Well, he didn't play there. So like that stigma, some, it's like it's like acting. You typecast. If I play the same role all the time and now I come over and I try to change my role, like I don't, I don't shoot. I just pass, pass. I come over and try to open up my game. You know, it's like that stigma sticks with you. And then the copycat league is like, oh, he didn't play there. So, you know, I'm expecting the same. I'm not even going to give him opportunity. That coach will give him opportunity. So that's why in the NBA, I think it's, it's crazy. I think it's easier to get in the league, but harder to I'll stay. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you get eyes on you for like a year or two. Like, for example, Bruno, young kid, right? Like, they called him the next KD, but three, his thing was two years away from me, two years away, the Brazilian KD. Mm-hmm. Long, athletic, can handle, shoot, worked with him all summer. I'm like, if he was just coming into an NBA night, 21, 22, he'd be a lottery pick. But he came into the league so early, they got so much eyes on him. They don't look at him being six nine, long, athletic, and shoot. Oh, he's been in the league four years. Like mm-hmm. he is what he is. Tearing up the G League now, he just got caught up by Memphis and having a really good start so far. But if he would came in right now at twenty two with the exact same skill set he is now, it'd have been a lottery pick, probably getting a bonus. <laughs> but he typecast himself. Being young, he came in right probably too early, but he didn't show enough. So now it's like on to the next two. So it's it's hard, man. It's hard. Isn't that also the worst thing that can happen to a player is we label you as you're the next KD or you're a shoot first point guard or something. And then so they expect you to be that and that's it. Mm, no, like when I came in, when I came in day one, I'm 31 pick. I shot the ball because I was always taught like, yo, if you don't show your game early. Right. And you're just sitting here trying to play a game that is not yours, and then they put you in, and then your your natural s- skill comes in. They're gonna be like, "Wait, whoa, right. wait, wait a minute, right. get the fuck out of here! You right. don't just come in shooting the first right. six times you touch the ball." No. So when I came into practice, every time I touch it, I shot. They had to force me to pass the ball. They had to start putting rules in. In my practice, like yo, five passes, <laughs> five passes before you know they start doing that because if I felt I was open or you got to remember I'm I was fast as shit, so no one was staying in front of me, so I felt I always had an advantage. You know, even if I hit the bucket, you know they were getting mad. Oh, like, hey, Rook, we're trying to go through the plate. You know, you know how you're doing warm ups, right. and they be like, yo, damn Rook, come on, man, you, you're going too hard, too fast. Man, I'm look, I'm I score. So I'm sitting it. here showing that, yo, you put me in, this is what I'm going to do. Right. You know, you know, no matter what. So I think when you're younger and you come in, you're just so in awe of your surroundings. Right. You know, you got Kobe there. You got this person. There. You got all these greats and NBA players that you looked up to that you're, you're timid. You know, you, you don't, can't be. Like you if can't. You, if you're going to give them you can't. a tip, you, you can't. can't if you want, be. like if. When you come into the league, no matter if you're 18, 19, what your skill set is, you have to. Right. You have to. No matter if you miss them, you have to play your game from the beginning. Because if you think you're going to come in and just, oh, I'm going to be a decoy and then year two, three, I'm going to. No, nah, they already done said right. you. They already right. done did this. Would you ever hear a coach tell you, that kid's too aggressive? No. Nah. Never. Right. 
So, and this brought to mind um, another guy you work with, Shea Gilchis Alexander, mm -hmm. where I think he has exceeded expectations for him, but he came in with confidence. Mm -hmm. And that's a great compliment for a rookie is this kid is not afraid of the moment. He's not shy. He knows who he is or he knows what he, he can be. And that also comes from a coach, I would imagine, in his, in his corner. Yeah, and I mean, he comes from a good program in Canada, you know, very supportive program. And then we formed a really good bond relationship. But even... With that being said, I've had the talks with Shea about typecasting himself because there's games he come in, he won't look at the basket. Now, he's the young kid. You got Alpha Male Lou. You got Alpha Male Pat Bev. Like, they go after it. And so sometimes he defer. But I, and no disrespect to anybody on the Clippers, they drafted you for a reason. For you, Jerry West hand selected you to be the dude. And you just can't show it the first part of the season when you're coming off the bench, now you're a starter and you you still have to be that guy. So he kind of went back to it the other day against Golden State. I think he you know finished with 24, was really aggressive, and he has to stay there because he has a lot more in his game, too, that he's not showing. But, you know, Gil, he hit it on the head. You got to do what you do. Mm -hmm. Do what you do, you know. And and if, and then in the day, like, if I'm going to get, once again, like I added, if I'm going to get subbed out, mm -hmm. it's, I'm going to get subbed out for the stuff that I know I can do. I'm not going to conform and play with less confidence or defer to anybody because I'm here to feed my family too. Yep. I remember having that fight. It was a, it was a rookie fight with uh, Antoine Jameson. It was <laughs> uh, he just had he just had he just had forty, right? And we playing in uh, it was forty against Seattle. We're playing in Portland, and he ain't scored yet. Hmm. Got zero. And I'm coming down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, bro, hey. He said, who the fuck do you think you are? You know, basically just, yo, give me the goddamn ball, blah, blah, blah. And like, like it was basically slow down, wait till I get down there. And I'm like, nah, you just got to catch up. <laughs> right. You just got to right. catch up. Right. You know, so there was a big thing after the game, you know, and I got in my feelings. I really got in my feelings. We're playing New York Knicks. I got in my feelings. I'm like, all right, y'all want me to shoot? I'll slow the fuck down and pass the ball. I ain't shooting no more. I'm good. I ain't shooting no more. And I'm just, you know, just I'm out there. Just I ain't take one shot at him. Hmm. And then we were <laughs> we playing the Knicks, and um, Jace Richardson said, man, listen, You got to finish the game for us. Right. You know, you got to finish the game. I was like, nah, man, if the captain say, if the captain say I'm shooting too goddamn much, you know, right. then, you know, then I'm good. Antoine said, hey, listen, fuck what happened last night. I need you to shoot all the shots. We need to win this game. <laughs> like, and then it was like. It's Rap City. Yo, he. Oh, he said I can shoot. The, you know, it was one of those things because, you know, it's. And then that let me know that we can't take Everything personal. That, right. You know, how he felt that night at that game wasn't how he felt today. Right. You know, so, you know, he was probably having a bad game, took it out on me. Mm -hmm. And then the very next game, he gives me that same blessing to go finish his team off. Mm -hmm. So the last five minutes, one full flat. Right. Flatten the shit out of Spree <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? And we end up winning that game. But, you know, it was one of those things like you got Lou, you got Beverly at some point. Yeah, they're alpha males, but at the end of the day, you you 
you got to show them that, hey, right. listen, bro, I'm here. Right. And and you also <laughs> give me got, that give me that rock. But right, you also got to understand. Once again, no disrespect, because I'm in, I'm involved. Uh, them dudes, they trying to eat too, and they feel the pressure. So you know, if if they can hold on to the torch just a little bit longer, they're gonna do what they can to hold on to that torch. But the but the but the holding on to the torch is it's <laughs> it's more of the threat because you're young, right? You know, it's like, I'm the vet, I, you know. Right. But at the end of the day, yo, get the rebound, go. Right. Demand the ball. Like, right. you got to remember, we're, we're teams. We're, we're competitive. So if you're sitting there demanding that ball, like, okay, all right, right. let me go and see what young, I'm going right. to see what you have. Right. Now, if you go there and bop them now, you, it's like, right. now I'm, I'm the captain now. Right. What's happening? Right. You know, then everyone falls into place after that. You know, but if you let if you let the alphas keep exactly. playing alpha, they're gonna keep playing until they thirty eight. <laughs> and you're off the court. And Jerry West, you name and Doc Rivers, they create this competitive environment. This is what they want. The cream right. rises to the top. Yeah. Right. Let's see who rises to the top. Right. And um the thing I'm wondering is how is that dialogue with Shea from the time he's drafted through the summer to where it's like, okay, this is the regular season, this is who you are. When do you say, Okay, do you see this? This is where you can be. So what what I always do with guys is I like to, I like to go and then work backwards. So we put on our bo- billboard rookie of the year and the rookie game, and then we work towards that. Nothing else matters right now. Like obviously you want to make the playoffs with the you know that's a team goal, independent goal. We're going for rookie of the year and making that uh, rising challenge all star game, and we just going for it, no holes bar. That's that's just what it is, and so then we just work towards that. And then from that, when I'm watching games, synergy, I watch where he's not taking shots, areas he should take shots, areas where maybe he can defer, make, and, you know, we build out of that. Then I'll show up, you know, to the facility every now and again. We, you know, we fine-tune. But the conversation, I also, you know, once again, have to feed off his energy. Because if I'm his AAU guy, I've been with him since 10, 11, that's a different conversation he's getting. Mm-hmm. They're probably like, yo, do this. I can't follow the conversation he just had saying, yo, do this. After like, okay, I'm going to hold my shit for right now. And be more supportive, like I mean, keep your head up, or his agent, or his girlfriend, or and that's where we talked about the relationship. Because if I just had our initial goals and that's all I locked in on, I'm neglecting what he's actually going through in the moment. Because I'm not the only person calling him, mm-hmm. so I have to like pick and choose my battles, right? And pick and choose when to be big bro, pick and choose when to be uncle, pick and choose when to be the trainer, mm-hmm. pick and choose when to not say shit. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's 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 just a, it's it's just a balance. What what is the hardest part for you with training guys? Seeing them underachieve, mm-hmm. seeing them not doing what, not because as a trainer, once again, like I like to see guys excel at the work they put in. Right, mm-hmm. you work that hard off season, you waking up five, hitting the beach, we doing boxing classes, we go lift, we shoot, then you get your opportunity and you don't maximize your opportunity. I think that's the biggest thing for me. Like. You know, end of the day, I want to see you succeed, you know, and and if I don't see you maximizing all the hard work you put in, that's not the miss or makes. Mm-hmm. If you empty your clip, you go 0 for 20. <laughs> you had turnovers trying to, it's mm-hmm. not bad at good games. Mm-hmm. It's just not playing with that level of assertiveness and confidence and maximizing your opportunity. For both you guys, who is the best success story that you've ever seen? Obviously not like a Jordan or somebody, but like you guys don't realize this guy could not shoot or this guy did not see the floor at all, and then he became great. Hmm. So many of them. Yeah. Any NBA player, right. I mean, any athlete. But who's I the mean, guy that just, you gotta remember, he blew you away. He you got to remember, you. everyone. Right. 
you can't. I think that's one of those questions. There's, there's no like Jordan. What I mean, his story. You know, getting cut. You know, and then becoming the like LeBron's story, Tom Brady. No, no one, no one right. had a golden spoon and said, "Hey, you're going to be the greatest." Right. Here you go, easy road. No, these guys had to overcome. But there's certain guys like Shaq came in number one. Everyone knew he was a dominant. But force. it was a number and one he when he was ten. The, he lived up to the hype as right. soon as he. I'm, well, let's just say when he was in the league, right? right? He lived up to the hype and dominated. I guess for me, just based like, because I agree with I agree with Gil, because obviously, in, I mean, you've been there. Like we're all athletes at some point. It takes work. Like every, it's only four hundred and fifty spots. Every one of them does a success story. But I guess now, when you break that four fifty down, who's the kid that's in Orlando right now playing well that was had to pay his way to get into the Simmons. G League? And then San Antonio picked him up, like stories like that. Yeah. Like, you know, like he wouldn't, he didn't get invited to pay the, for the tryout for G League. <laughs> I had to get, you know, then go to San Antonio with one of the, one of the best organizations, persevered, and I got him a cool little contract. So stories like that is cool amongst them 450s. But mm -hmm. at some point, every single one of those 450, I, I know it's more now with the two way and stuff, but had situations like that, you know, like. Michael getting cut, like he said, Melo got cut. I mean, Markel Fultz, same thing. Although he was number one pick a couple years ago, he, I don't think he played varsity until he was a junior or something like that, right? And then he met, turned himself into a Mickey D. So even some of the top guys had adversity, and that's what make them top guys. You had adversity, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think one of the stories, and I'm, I, I mean, I've watched basketball from the Say No Classic. Like, I saw you, I think, going into Arizona, and you was on the Say No Classic with a left-hand kid, I think went to Verbin Day. He was, I think at the time, he had a big, bigger name than you, yeah. and, and he was on your head before the game, and everybody had his back. And it's funny how the story's flipped. He never panned out, and so that's when I, because I didn't, I wasn't, when he was in high school, it was like a little right after me, and that's when I was back and forth South American and had a kid, so I wasn't watching. So I just started going back to games when I settled, and that's one thing I remember. Then I learned your story to Crenshaw, and I was like, okay, cool, but... I remember that. Then you went to Arizona and killed. You remember what I'm talking about? A little left-hand yeah, guard. Yeah, yeah, y'all no. got into it one game, and he was acting <laughs> was like, real right, tough. Yeah, was and y'all was on the same team, though. And uh, he didn't uh, pan out, and you panned out. Uh, but everybody had his back in the conference. I think even mm -hmm. the coach, if I recall right. Like, you know, he had a bet bigger name or better. And he played a better program, I think, Verbin did at the time. I It'll don't remember his name. No, no, no. I, you know, I, you know you, I just seen him, though. Yeah. I just seen him uh, training. He was, uh, God Damn it! Crazy. I, I just seen him about a month ago too. Lefty swag. Oh, he had uh, a nice ass spin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, gotta remember, growing up, that was that was a big thing. You know, growing up, you know, going against these guys, right. you know, they were dominant, and it, and I had to catch up. Like right. shit, right. you know, like okay, you know, he he does this move every time I try to cut him off, he gonna spin back. If I don't cut him off, he gonna get the layup. So you know, but I gotta go through these trials and tribulations. Mm -hmm. To get to the level and then training after games, practicing. Mm. And then once we got to the same stage, they're still looking down. Right. You know, and that's where that 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 bitter, you know, not the bitterness, but that's where that beef come in that is like, yo, you know, it's like, Gilchrist, hey, wait a minute, hold on. Right. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I averaged 38 last year. Right. <laughs> I'm the dude now. What's right. happening? No, pass right. that rock up. Right. You know, and right. you gotta have that. You know that 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 inner beef sometimes, and let the and let a person know, right. you know, it's it's your time. Because right. when you're working with a player, that's almost the best thing that can happen to the, the adversity. Let him get hit with adversity and see what character he has. Yeah, I mean, right? if everything's like on a silver platter for you, 
it's hard to get better. Right. The biggest thing that I look for in a player, you can be shit. But I can't turn shit into sugar if you don't have grit. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have to have grit. If you have grit, it don't matter how skilled you are, how, I don't think you're going to make it. If you're terrible and you have some level of grit and toughness, uh, I, I work with that any day of the week. Right? Any day of the week. Like I, I got a kid now. He's probably going to end up being the number one scorer in California history. He's averaging like 42 right now, signed with Oregon State. Um, you still thinking of who that was? That lefty was? No, I'm just saying, God damn, 42. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So like two summers ago, he played on one of the top AAU pro in Compton Magic. He kind of got lost in the fall a little bit because they have all these dudes and his recruiting went down. And, you know, he went through summers of like, man, I was, I'm, you know, and I said, man, we're just going to keep ball. We're just going to keep ball and keep working, keep on. He's getting questioned. Now he's about to be the number one scorer in California history. You know, and everyone said, oh, he plays with his dad. His dad don't put the ball in the hole. <laughs> You know, and he and and here's the thing: he plays for a program. The league isn't overly strong, but his dad schedules preseason the first twenty games as dudes. Mm-hmm. He's seen boxing one, diamond and two, and he and you he done had this so far. This thing like six fifty point games, 13, 14, 40 plus, like tough. And he plays a game with grit. But I saw the grit in him early. And I said, man, I, I'm driving way out to Los Altos to work with him. You know, and that's way out. You know, that's what you can't. You can't. What's so funny? I said, man. Kids who play for their dad, they're, they're the hardest to guard. Right. Because they got the ultra green light. Right. When you go, how you gonna stop a, a dude with ultra? The right. only thing that would hurt him from the league is this going to a coach that just says, wait right. a minute, now nah, mm-hmm. we're gonna reel this in. Right. And, you know, if he goes to a program where they reel him in, right. now you're talking about this ultra confident dude right. gets Boom. snatched down. Boom. And and that's, you know, and that's what I respected by, you know, Mr. Ball. Is that he personally kept his boys' mm-hmm. confidence up, you know, no matter what. No matter what they right. did, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and that's what players need. They want to feel like, yo, you know, yo, yo you, you're that <coughs> dude still. Don't even worry about it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what program he goes to, that coach has to have the same mindset. Yo, fly. Right. Do what you do. Right. And I guarantee you, if he goes to a program, they, they say, hey, do what you do. He's he's in the league. He's in the league. He's in the league. One yeah. and done. No, you know, I wouldn't say one with him. You know, we got to work on some things, but no, for sure. You know, two, three year, if it works out. Oregon State's not a bad program. Stevie Thompson and then the Wayne Tinkle coach, but end of the day, that's why he played with competition. And you'll be surprised. You'll be listen. You'll be surprised. Like I went into college going on. I was trying to be a five year pro. Right. Red shirt the first year, then go full, and I'm in the league. Like, what's happening? No, no, but you know, like, it comes, and once again, if he does it, great, but it comes with the intangibles, other intangibles. You had a first step, pretty athletic. Mm -hmm. He's not overly athletic. He gets gets enough space, get his shot. There's things that he needs to work on. Now, if it happens, and then the other reason I say it is now it's different than when we were playing. I don't recall us having to live at school during the summer. Y'all came home, we played Say No, we did this. These dudes have to go to summer school now, and they have to jump to school early. So he's not working. They're doing team workouts. They only have an amount of hours they can do per week. So they're really not maximizing their time Mm -hmm. while they're there. So that's another thing that holds guys like him up for making that huge jump. So I told him, March, we got three, four months before you check into summer school. Mm -hmm. But our primary focus is going to be first step in improving your athleticism. I mean, he's dunking and stuff, but it's still a different level, Mm -hmm. you know. So that that would be his one thing. But he got nice size. And in today's game, you know, the positionless basketball, 6'3", you can play one or two. Shit, back to Antoine Jameson. He'd be perfect in today's basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Do you do you catch yourself like recur like uh, you know most of the the kids you've talked about you had them since they were young so you already 
corrected any bad, you mm-hmm. know, mechanics mm-hmm. they had. Is it harder with the pros coming to you? Here's 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 a quick story, and um, I don't even know because I'm I didn't have permission to say it. I said a pro. I just say that at a pro beginning of the summer, and uh, shot from the side of the ball. He's a big man. I, I yeah, but they told me not to say nothing. They told me not to say nothing. And uh, changed his hand placement on the ball. I got a call from his agent that night. Like, are oh, you trying to change? I said, is he here to get better? Is he not? Like, I don't, you know. So change his hand, so change his hand placement that day. He's making more shots. He's shooting off the side, so we centered it, you know, and then elbow above eyebrow. Um, but I get a phone call that night because he's not – comfortable like I'm trying to <laughs> fast forward two weeks later a reputable player development guy from the NBA in front of everybody like yo man love what you're doing blah 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 like I re- you got some stuff going on that um I've never seen before um and he happened to say it with this fellow right there mm-hmm. after that every day I walk in the gym yo what you see oh no you're good you're good <laughs> So then later on, we built a relationship, and he ended up hiring me to be a shooting coach for the first two months of the NBA season. So, And he's shooting it well, mm-hmm. but he's just not getting his opportunity. But start the summer off, it's like it's, it's harder because – it's not hard, I would say, because I'm not afraid. Like if you walk to the gym, you're a 20-time also. If I see something, I hope my job is to – if I see – I'm not going to make an overhaul. Like that's when people try to do too much. If I see one little thing that make you 1% or 2% better, mm-hmm. at that level, 1% or 2% is huge, mm-hmm. right? So I'll focus on that. Let's, let's, let's focus on it. I'm not afraid to go and tell you. I may lose you as a client, and that's what happened with a couple guys earlier. And, and so I stayed out the NBA game for a while, but – because it's a lot of guys just want guys to come rebound for them. That's not <laughs> what I want to do. And so I ended up making a niche and just staying in youth basketball for a while until my son went through high school and graduated. Because even then, if I, you wanted to take me on the road, I couldn't go. If you wanted to hire me during the summer, I couldn't because I'm on AU with him. So that's why now I'm maximizing it. But I've been doing this for a long time, and I've developed many guys, like you said. But I think it's harder to gain the trust, not necessarily like make the fixes, right? Like you have to trust me. In yeah, order but for me to that, say anything. But that's the funniest. That's the funniest shit you could have said because that's exactly what it is. Like I don't. I'm an NBA pro already. Right. I don't want you to trade. Just fucking rebound. Right. And that's really. <laughs> that's really what we're tr- we're right. saying. Just right. fucking rebound. I already right. know the drills. I want right. to do. Right. Like yeah, I do a few. Right. But it, right. <laughs> it's funny because I've been I, like when I was getting trained. Right. That is going through my mind. Like, right. can this motherfucker just remember? Like, right. I want to shoot a hundred shots right here. I don't want right. to do all that goofy shit over there. Right. And then, and then I sit there, and then I watch somebody else, and I'm like, damn, that shit look like it worked. Right. <laughs> you right. know, but but the pride, and I say, right. and, and I think, you know, when I hear like, you know, I'm an NBA trainer, and I'm just you're a fucking rebounder. Right. Like, I already know how right. these guys are. Right. You're just a fucking rebounder right. to but, these guys doing their own right. thing. But the one thing that has changed, because I'm older, and you're, you're right there, is that. We didn't grow up with trainers. Mm-mm. So getting to the league, yeah. Yeah. these guys are growing up with trainers. So when you get them now, it's like, oh, help, you know, like, help me. I guess my first old school NBA guy that just came through, and, and he's the one that actually pulled me back in with the pros, was Chris Douglas Roberts. Um, he wanted to make another run, push, get back in the league. I don't know how he got my information. He's heard about me. And I was like, no, no, I'm cool. He's like, man, come on, man, I need you. I see the stuff I did. That motherfucker worked harder than anybody mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. It was so crazy. Say if you down there with your rebounder and we in the gym, we got to leave the gym because, oh, you you bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Chris, what the fuck does Gil got to do with us? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to find another gym if dude's not working hard in the gym. 
I'm like, no, I can't, I can't be. The energy's fucking with me. You know, he's, he's yeah, yeah, the energy. Yeah, yeah. And he like lit that fire back up like four or five years ago, and then I got back into it. But he was my first, first guy that was just even Clem Spencer who works hard, but he he comes from a more analytic, he'll question stuff. He'll okay, yeah. why, how? See, like, let's go. All right, what we got two hours from now? I see you tonight. I'm like, bro, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it yeah. challenged me and uh-huh. it got me back in. But he was a first, first, first one, and I am big name. Well, Rony Turoff was like that too. He's like, yo, let's work, let's work. Um, but Gil, I'm not Gil, uh, CDR. He was, but other guys, it's yeah, it's, it's yeah, he's just going man, through the mo- yeah, yeah, just I'm going like, through the motion. I'm like, like, man, I ain't got time for that. Like, you know, and my thing is, I do understand, and I guess maybe it's a level of security. If you do get a trainer, he's trying to make a name for himself. He's probably gonna put you through twenty different drills. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna do. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. Uh, what's it called? Maximize your summer with twenty. Learn twenty different new shit. So you probably like, nah, man, just catch and shoot. He probably came to you like, yo, let's focus on this one thing. Let's do what you do, but can we add this? Yeah. Maybe it's maybe a different approach. Yeah, so I'm not afraid to say, you know. But that's where guys they rather get the like button to ooh. Yeah, and, and I, I and think like, that's what it is. I on, think that I don't make sense. I think what trainers end up doing is. It, the same thing with, you know, workout guys is they see, okay, he's an NBA player. I need to show him that my drills is the hardest drills. Right. That he, you know, and it's like, wait, wait, hold, hold on. Right. I just finished the season. Right. Like, I don't want to do this shit in June and right. July. Right. Give me this shit in September. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> and I think that's what it is. They'll come in with 20 different drills, some off-the-wall shit to try to impress. Right. Like, no, I don't. And it actually is not impressive because yeah. you've been there like, I'll never do that shit. What am I doing a five combo? Yeah. What am I doing that? You know? And like, I think that's the worst thing that can happen. You mentioned the like button. Mm-hmm. So the idea of what if we saw this crazy training, you're on a medicine ball, you're dunking a medicine ball, basically, and that's on social media. So that goes viral. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this guy, he's next level stuff. But really, when you're a star and a superstar, I was thinking of Mayweather, right? Mm-hmm. If Mayweather was like, I need a trainer. Prepare me and get me ready for this fight. He's mastered at his craft. Just keep him. It's maintenance at that point. But they got to remember. But a trainer's going to come in and just think of the craziest shit they can right. possibly do and put him through. Right. You know, to try to gain his trust when it's But like, that's the wrong trainer to work with. But that's, but got to remember. That's 90% of them. But you don't under, but uh, you know, just like a chef, they don't know. They're just, they're just trying to impress you. So they're just trying to bring out all these shit. I, you know, instead of just saying, okay, all right, what do you want to work on today? You know? Yeah, like go back to yours, right? It takes not just, and I don't, I, I'm trying to figure out a name to change because I don't even like trainer because everybody's a trainer now. Yeah, Fuck, yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> Let's say if I got Mayweather, I already know he mastered everything. So what am I going to do? I'm going to see what his other dude do. My folks then, okay, we need to come up with sort of defensive, like, you know, just something different that he won't see again. So that's where it comes in. Like if I had, an NBA guy, like, and he already has all the skill set. Well, we got to make sure the skill that he focused on in the summer pertains to the offense he may be going to, or where he's going to get his primary touches mm-hmm. on that on the, on that particular team. So we need to maximize that during the summer, and then we'll add one or two things. But that's the difference. Like, if he already has a whole package, okay, well, you're able to be loosey goosey with the ball in Washington. Now you're going to Orlando. Maybe it's all catch and shoot. So we need to focus on that, mm-hmm. right? Because we want you to excel. With your touches. And that's, you know, that's where a lot of guys, they just let me train you, let me train you. But if I'm training him for a situation where he's never going to apply that, why the fuck am I doing it? it makes no sense, you know? That, that's ha- that's ha- half the youth right now. Right. Seeing them doing 400 moves at the top of the key, like, uh, you're three man. That right. is never, that's right. never, you're never going to be in that situation. And even to that, right? So we take it a step. So we're going down now, youth. 
why the fuck would I do 300 moves at the top of the key? How many players in the NBA can dominate the ball? Like, <laughs> how many? One. Yeah, one or two. Like James Harden and Chris Paul. Chris Paul, right? Like, I mean, Russ dominate, but he don't play with Kyrie. Kyrie a little bit. So now we went from having a 450 pool we trying to make to we're trying to make a three man pool. Like we're training guys for three spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How the fuck does that work? You know, it's crazy. So it's. <laughs> but it's because I want the like button, yeah. you know. And then even to get there, we got to make sure they get in high school where they their primary touches and get better because we got to make them look good in their high school situation. Then when they go to college, I got to research the college team they play on. Okay, well, you're going to get most of your touches right here. And obviously, we're still going to evolve your game. So it's like an 80-20 split, 80% mm-hmm. current touches, 20% future touches. That's how I try to break, mm-hmm. you know, the workout down. So every day we are working on you getting better, but we maximizing where you're going, like, for the following season. So... Yeah, that's the best way. I mean, it's crazy, <laughs> but that's what I said. Like when trainers hear this, is is going to be a shell shock to them. Right. They understand you got twenty guys that you're training the same style to do all this one on one moves at the top of the key. When right. you realize there's only one dominant player, right? You know, so and if he's not the dominant player, everything you taught him is basically out of the window because right. he don't know nothing else. Right. He don't know how to come off of down screens. He don't know right. how to float. He don't know how to do back. He don't know how to do nothing else because all he was taught is shimmy shake at the top of the key. Right. And even them, that one player, <laughs> before he became that one player, <laughs> that motherfucker had to know how to play the game. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing that in college. Yeah. Kyrie wasn't doing it at Duke. James Harden wasn't doing it at AZ State. Mm-mm. Right? Like, they had to hoop. So before they even became that dude, they had to have, you know, be able to fit in some sort of system. Like, yeah, we yeah. want to be better than the politics. We want to be better than the system. So that's the goal. But... You're still going to play in a system at some yeah, point. Man, when I was in Arizona, I was more of a baseline player. I was baseline slash, you know, I just moved. Right. You know, I was I just moved without the ball. We were so talented, so it was like loaded. You know, it's like I'm in the fast break all the time. I'm getting let's go. Like so, I was just that speed demon. You know, but most of my touches was curls, back doors from Luke. You know, Luke Walton. You know, it wasn't really I get the ball at the top of key door. I didn't know how to do a pick and roll until I got to the NBA. Never never knew what a pick and roll was. What the fuck I need one of them for? <laughs> Shit, I can beat my man. I don't need to you set a pick to get to the big band and right. like, oh, no. That's just gonna that's just gonna force me to pass the ball. I don't wanna do all that right now. And then even with picks, like how many reads are you gonna teach a guard in high school? The basic read, they go under, I'm shooting. If I get the big man, I'm two dribble separation from the screen, blow by. You're not gonna get much more than that, right? You you know, it's just screen, rescreen and and they, you're trying to teach a million reads that you'll never get. So usually the player's coming to you and they're expecting you to have the answers. For a player, what is your answer for the, we're going to call you a skills coach. Skills coach. We've, we're not going to say trainer. What would you call it? Skills coach? Skill developer? Man, I don't, I'm, we, we roll with we whatever talent, y'all want to say. Talent developer. So you've said this before, but it's training them the right way, not overthinking it giving them what they need to, in the simplest terms and master that. Mm-hmm. Is that probably the best, the best direction? Yeah, I mean, he said it, he said it. He said, you know, he, when he trains, he, tr- he trains, you know, 80, 20, you know, 80 current 20 on future. And when you think about it, that is exactly how you're supposed to train. Like, you know, I'm training for the situation I'm going to be in, you know, and, you know, a lot of players don't fast forward, they're thinking and, you know, like if you see, if you put Kyrie in a system like I had, you know, 
the um, the Princeton offense. Right. Now you're taking away <coughs> you're taking away seventy percent of his dribbling skill. Right. Because he, you know, it's backdoors, reads, cuts. You know, you don't have time to be playing with the ball unless it's like the last, you know, five, ten seconds of a shot clock. Other than that, you don't. You're not playing with that ball right. because you're in. The, you know, so now his whole game would have to change. You know, so that whole summer, instead of working on the things he would used to work on, he has to work on a whole different skill set. Right. You know, that's why if you look back then, I can say we were more complete players. Mm-hmm. Because we had to be right. compared to now. Now, you know, your one skill can dominate the shit right. out of a game. It's specialized. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Bringing Kyrie, like, there's one person and it goes to, and, you know, some of these trainers out there trying to get the like button, like Carmelo. Carmelo's at the back end of his career, but he's still a really good player. There's no way going into OKC and going into Houston, I'm doing a lot of dribble, 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 old Carmelo. We gonna catch and shoot all fucking summer because mm-hmm. you gonna play off Russ, catch and shoot. You playing off James Harden, catch and shoot. If I had Carmelo or if I was in his circle, that's what we focus on moving forward. Because catch and shoot's hard when you're used to having the ball well, in your hand playing. Mm-hmm. It's a different look. Like I remember, I would play the ball in, in my hand. Even now, if I played you in horse, I'm taking a rhythm dribble because mm-hmm. I'm used to yeah. getting my look off the dribble, not off the catch. Like even Cole, when Cole played in the Olympics, going into Olympics, he said, "Man, I have to change up and just focus on." So with Melo, like. It goes back to, okay, and I know it's probably hard for his trainer if he's working with him, but Russ is doing the, a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff. Now you got PG. You just let's maximize your catch and shoot. Then off the catch and shoot, one to three dribble game. Lift, one dribble pull up, one dribble step back, one, two dribble float. Like, I don't need to do all this. I'm not going to do this no, with no. Russ. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do this with James Harden. I think if even now, if he goes to the lab and just focus on catch, shoot, catch, shoot, catch, shoot, catch, shoot, he can be an important piece for somebody. But... It goes back to I get them. Let me get my likes up. Let me have him doing the dance, the hoodie mellow two summers ago that they was <laughs> pushing. He's not doing hoodie mellow in OKC. Yeah. He's doing catch and shoot, lift, one dribble blow by, one dribble step back. He can average twenty doing that. Yeah. No wear and tear on <laughs> yeah. his joints. Yeah. You know. But that's what I said. Is he was so used to you know you're so used to doing you know the same thing in the summer because that's your bread and butter. Not knowing when you get to a certain coach and a certain style. Their style does not reflect your game. Right. So, you know, that's why I remember when I said I thought he should have went with, you know, the Lakers that, you know, this year because they need an ISO player at the end of the game. They need a go-to guy at the end of the game who can spread the defense, who can keep pressure off of everyone else. Going to OKC, <coughs> you're a third option. You know, you're, you're damn near P.J. Tucker in the fourth quarter. Right. And you're too talented to be sitting in the corner like atmosphere, like one of those plants in the in the back of the club, you know. You Do you know, think he still have that though? See, that's the thing. Do you think he still have? Yeah, let me be that guy to go get a bucket because prior to OKC, where was he at? New York. Yeah, he was having a hard time. He was. He wasn't playing well. He wasn't playing great. He it wasn't. Was, he it, wasn't efficient. It was more. It seemed like it was more of the the whole situation. Yeah, the situations here. You guys want me to pass the ball? You know, you get mm-hmm. to that stage where I won't pass it to the young dudes. You know, it's like. You know, it's like ah, that, was, that was the real game I still, changer. Because I still, I'm not saying him go sit in the corner. I think him playing one catch and shoot curls, yeah, but that playing was, off the ball was, in a good environment. That was most of his game anyway. That you know that that elbow pump fake, right. pump fake jab. Right. But you know, you don't got that kind of time anymore. Mm-mm. Right, you don't. You know, you don't right. have. Exactly. I, mean, I mean, when I first came, when we first came into the league, he had this. His his offense was simple. It was crazy. Like, yo, he's gonna come on down, <laughs> he's gonna plot down in that that mid-range, and he's gonna jab, jab, cookie to death. You know, 
And that's, it ain't gonna be much else. You know, and then you had, you go from him, and then you got somebody like Joe Johnson, who had this complex of screens for two man. He's like, Jesus right. Christ, right. Let's go, let me go back and stick Mellow, even though Mellow right. gave me 50. <laughs> right. Right. I ain't gotta work for this 50. Right. You know, it was, you know, you had two different, you know, mm-hmm. you know, everyone had different, you know, it's now, you know, it's, you know, play with the ball a little bit. Different game. And it's a different game. It's a different game to be played at different stages in your basketball journey. You know, you, you work with guys from the high school level through college, prepare them for the league. Guys that are in the league, they got to make it. There's just all different phases, to right. different chapters. And I think, you know, you wear a lot of hats in your role. We still got to still gotta figure a title out for you. Let's go come up with some consultant. But, but you have consultant, like player development consultant. Skill consultant. Um, yeah. You know, but you, you kind of touched on this before. and We can kind of wrap on this is that. What you do is this emerging position that I, you said what is in, it really in Gil's era, mm-hmm. right? It's maybe the past decade or two. Yeah, it's um, it's funny because I, I guys have two stories of me. Man, that motherfucker never passed. Oh man, he had the whole game. I don't remember having the train. So when I played pickup, <laughs> everybody in the court was cones and rebounders. I did not pass the ball. <laughs> The y'all cones. In the game, I still got mine off, but I knew how to, I did not pass. Like mm-hmm. if a secondary, okay, I got to work the running hook. Because mm-hmm. floaters wasn't there. I was a magic, big guard, running uh-huh. hook. Uh-huh. Pull up, mid, like I'm not passing. I'm not, you're my cone and rebounder. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we didn't have trainers, but you know, we went in the gym and got beat up by adults. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't learn the that's, game. That's, I think and, kids uh, don't play the game. They just don't hoop. We hooped, mm-hmm. you know, go like, to the park like I go to, I went to the park. We had our, we had our vibe. We'll mm-hmm. be at Venice beach. We'll be at Balboa. We'll be at Valley college, you know, you know, playing against adults, checking in adult leagues. You got to remember when I was coming up, AAU, you had to be like, I felt you had to be in LA. Like it wasn't even like rich or poor. You had to be <laughs> in LA with the talent right. to be, you know, I'm a Valley kid. So they wasn't pulling us right. to AAU. You know, it's like, oh, that's the white boy group right. over there. Y'all stay right. y'all asses over there. Right. And, you know, in the surfboard, you know, like fucking beach ain't over right. here. But, right. <laughs> you know, so we wasn't AAU. So, you know, it's like I'm in an adult league getting my ass whooped by adults. You know, you know adults ain't going to sit here and let you score on them. So right. now I'm learning how to get bumped. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I can see his aggression right. where he's going to try to foul me or swing hard. Like, now I know how to react right. off of what this adult is giving me. Like, He's going to be 10 times stronger than any eighth grade player I'm playing against. So now I'm playing in adult leagues, going to Venice Beach. We getting our ass kicked. We, we play, we sitting there eight hours, play two games. You know, it's, but that's the whole experience, right. watching other talent, watching these guys go in. So when we eventually played against our age group, it was kind of easy. Right. And it to was, interject real quick, hard the eight hours, two games taught you how to do a win. Mm-hmm. Win? Yeah. I won't stay on the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Like now we sitting here fighting and gritting and right. grinding. Right. Even though we knew we ain't gonna win, because you know, somehow they're gonna cheat, they're gonna hold the ball, they're gonna call a foul, they're gonna wait you out for two hours, they're gonna run to the trunk, you know, clear out the you know, they're gonna do all that. We knew this, but we still like we're sitting there. We got the start the look, we got there at eleven. We was on the court by twelve. The real ballers ain't coming in too. So we had to try to win, to at least get a three, four wins before the talent came in. Right. But that was our experience. There was no training. You know, it was just straight hooping. Now everyone has trainers, no hooping. So they don't have the they have the they have more skill. They don't, they don't have a feel. They don't, they, don't they don't know how to apply none of the moves. Right. 
So that's well, that's what you think is missing. Applying most, their skills to, com to competition, most, right? That and and once again the grit, the grit factor. Mm -hmm. But the grit comes from what he said, man. You had to fight while you're on the court. You know what I mean? Like and then and then even when you had your five, sometimes you had to break up. And mm -hmm. you may be lucky enough where one of the older dudes respect you and they picked you on the squad. You may not shoot but one shot that game. You better make it count. Yeah. Or else you're not getting picked the following <laughs> yeah. week. And you learn now what's a good shot and a bad shot. You know because. You want to stay on the court. You're getting picked by the older guys. And when you're playing with your young boys, you, the grit comes into play because you're not about to just pump me and I, I've been sitting here for two hours. I mean, <laughs> you know, so um, you learn a lot, man. And and I think that's what's missing. Because even today, right, it, it's, it's, it baffles me, right? Dudes lose and they okay. Mm -hmm. Because you don't have that weight, you don't. Because there's a next game. Because there's a next game, you're gonna get game. picked up. There's a and not even picked up. AU, you, you lose, you got three more games that day. And then if they lose, somehow you're gonna be on another team tomorrow. You're just gonna jump to another team because it's it's just it's a lot of games, and mm -hmm. it's not, you know. Uh, and then you lose your creativity. I think learn how to apply because when you're playing games, all games, it's about winning. It's not about freelancing and trying to get better. You can do that in a pickup environment and still try to win too. So I think that's something that's clearly missing. I mean, I tried doing something a few summers ago, had open runs, guys. Then, you know, I just changed, changed my Sunday gym to like, let's just do open runs, work out for an hour, hoop for two. Um, but, you know, that's, that is definitely missing. Man, they just need some of them older cats to come back. Like I remember uh, UCLA, psh, they said now players is calling to see what other players is calling. Like, right. What? Right. <laughs> Crazy. You're calling to see who's showing up. Right. Who cares? Right. Oh, fuck, who's there? I'm trying to barbecue. Because they want the camera there. Yeah, they, they want to highlight. Don't be on Ballers Life Summer that, League. Yeah. <laughs> Katie going to be Katie there. I know Bleacher Report. Somebody going to be there. Man, you better go and get in that gym. It's funny that that UCLA run. Maybe two years ago, it was exclusively. You couldn't see who was in there, and you heard rumors. Listen, it's been year, exclusive for the everyone. last 40 years. You saw everyone this right. year. It was damn near on ESPN. Right. But, you know, we can we can wrap it here because I think if we want to leave people with a message, it's this. is You're going to get your shot, come ready to play, and make the most of it. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, you, you say something better. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't never played the game. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> fuck off. Oh, uh, yeah, finish with that. The fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, definitely, man. You know, the one thing I tell kids, man, is like, fuck it. Just play with grit. Play with toughness. And and that's all. You know, if you have that, I think you have an opportunity to play anywhere. Yeah. You know? And, then, and, and be simple. You know, steps. You know, you, you can't, you crawl before you walk. Right. You know, like focus on the basics, footwork on up, and especially shooting. It's a, you got guys, I, have, I pose this question all the time. Who's getting paid more money? This is a couple years ago. JJ Reddick, no, first I started this, who has a better career? JJ Reddick, Rajon Rondo, Dwayne Wade, Derrick Rose. JJ Reddick was last. I said, who's getting paid more? Mm. JJ was getting 21. Them dudes getting two, three million. Because this, it <laughs> well, doesn't go away. Philly had the money to spend and it was a one-year deal. He's, and then he like got another one this yeah, year. Yeah, Nonetheless, yeah. I can not say Jack. I can say someone else. Uh -huh. yeah. You know, KCP ain't better than them dudes. He, just, he got 18 last year and 12 this year. You know, but I think shooting is, you know, something that I would tell most guys focus on because that translates any mm -hmm. level. Yeah. You know, and then build around that. Be yourself. Yeah. Be yourself. That's, Be that's like awesome. whatever you do. If you're going into high school, going into college, you know, pros, overseas, G League, do what you do. Soon as you walk in, 
You know, and it, 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 when you start doing what you hope or think <coughs> someone else wants you to do, that's when you start getting pushed to the pushed to the back. Right. Like going if you a score, score. If you a catch and shoot guy, you want to shoot that shit from half court. Hey, listen, do you? All day. <laughs> you just got to practice that shit a lot more. All day. Yeah. Like you think James Harden became James Harden, like not doing what he's doing right now? No, he he came in, he bop bop bopped your ass, and the shit's working, and he's still doing it. Like, but why does it work? Because this is a threat. Yeah. If I lift, you you not? Yeah. Eyebrows up. You got to respond. <laughs> Makes you quicker. Shoot makes you quicker, too. Mm-hmm. And confidence at the end of the day. Confidence in yourself, in your ability, in who you are. Mm-hmm. Don't fake it. A lot of dudes fake it. Yeah, they got fake confidence. Yeah. yeah, they got fake confidence. Yeah. That's yeah. what I said. Uh, confidence, you can tell confidence when you step on that floor. Mm-hmm. You can tell it. You can, you can tell when a motherfucker's like, yo, I didn't put in a thousand shots today. Like A guy who put in a thousand shots... Ain't lacking confidence when, a, when when he step on that court, because right. he know he put the work in. So there is really, you know, like you can't tell you can't tell Russ that he doesn't work hard in the summer. Right. You can't. <laughs> the game is the test. Yeah. You know, and, the te- and they're always gonna tell you if you was really working or not. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like homework, right? Like if I have a test on Friday and I study Thursday, I'm not going to that test confident. If mm-hmm. I studied the week before. I'm chilling. chilling yeah. Give me the pencil and, and let's get this over. The uh, scan uh, trying. Let's roll. Let's roll. Right? It's the same thing. And that's how, and that's, and you can see that skill level. Like, you know, Greek. We seen Greek emerge last year, right? Right? You seen him emerge. What kind of confidence did he have coming to this season? Before even, before there was a tip ball. Through the roof. Through the roof. I'm trying to be MVP. This, like, he already said it. So that lets you know he must have been in that lab. Soon as the season started, you, okay, yeah, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. He was in that lab. To, right now, the way he starts off the season, if I said what he averages, everybody be like, oh, he's like 30, right? He only averages 26. Right. Same thing he did last year, but the impact of how he started the season was different. Way different. And you can tell what he did in the lab. That's so important. Right? Yeah. Because it translates. That's what you're here for. Yeah, translate. Translate. Must translate. If you're doing shit that don't translate, fire the dude. (laughs) It's one of your hats. Yeah.